everybody, and welcome back to Borderline. Sorry we missed last week. You know, yeah. we, there, there were actually a few people I think that missed us. A, a few. There, yeah. there were a few people that seemed to be pretty upset. They didn't have anything to watch on Thursday night. Yeah, I got a few uh, shout-outs on social media and some texts. And, of course, Jade saying yes. on Twitter, hey, where the hell are you guys at? I got nothing yeah. to listen to this week. And some people in Detroit <laughs> saying, hey, where were you guys at? So, sorry, we had, I mean... This time of year has been a little crazy, so we just had some yeah. technical difficulties. But uh, I'm glad that you're back on the grid. So to make a long story short, uh, so you you went to get on the plane. It sounds like last week, and mm-hmm. uh, and forgot in your in your phone just dropped out of your pocket. So yeah, I'm getting yeah. So, I'm getting, Julie, I'm, so Julie drives away. You get into the airport, and all of a sudden you're like through security and everything. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. I don't have a phone. Like, like before I got to security, I actually went out and tried to run down the thing after because I could see her car, but she oh. was gone. And so, you know, once, so I had to, I mean, I, I went up to the counter, got a paper ticket, you know, all that stuff to get on the plane. But yeah. I mean, this day and age, Bernie, I mean, I know, I know this sounds stupid, but when we lose our phones nowadays, I mean, I, I mean, we like lose our life. I mean, that's, yeah. that's especially with all of us working remote. Yeah. That's, how, that's how we connect with, with everybody. It was, it was a weird 24 hours, put it that way. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so no show last week, but we're making it work this week. I don't know if you like this mural behind me. I'm actually in Milwaukee right now. Yeah. You went in, um, man. Check you out. I, I look like shit, by the way. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like gray in here. So I look like an 80 year old man. No, man. Oh. You're, you're all right, dude. Yeah, so so Kathy, um, so Kathy, we we've just had, as you know, we've had so much going on, good stuff, but we've been so busy with family stuff, right? Yep. With with the girls graduating from from high school, graduating from college, coming home, having parties, um, and then traveling, you know, with everything that we're doing with work right now. So it's been super busy, and uh, so Kathy, Kathy, <laughs> I was joking with Kathy the other day, and she said, "Is Kathy coming on the road at all?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. So she's finally going to come to Milwaukee. And she's like, Milwaukee. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I got to get mom out of the house. Like, <laughs> mama, mama needs to get out of the house. Like, away, away from kids, yeah. away from the house, away from the animals. Uh, just, yeah, just get on the road. So we decided we'd come up to Milwaukee a little bit early. My, my aunt and uncle live here. My, my dad's twin brother actually lives here. Oh, right on. So we're going to try and hook up with them today. I'm going to give them a call as soon as we're done to see if we can hook up with them. But, yeah, so we decided to come in. And, and um, it was funny. We decided to come in, fly in Tuesday and see uh, see the fireworks and so i gotta be careful because i'm in the hotel lobby here yeah but but funny story right so we get here and, and we specifically book this hotel for 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 the night of the fourth because we hear how great the fireworks show is and it's got a rooftop uh, bar so you can uh so we're hoping you know that we can have a drink have some appetizers dinner whatever and watch the fireworks yeah so we check in on the fourth everything's fine and uh, and we, we decide to go upstairs on, on the day of the fourth. We decide to go upstairs and check out the rooftop bar and and you know see if we can scout it out and see where we want to sit and get a really good good spot. It's it's only about it's only about four o'clock. We just want to scout it out and then come back later for dinner. So so we go uh, so we go upstairs right and the sky bar or the whatever rooftop thing is just open and uh, not not real friendly. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> so we walk in and the hostess lady. I mean. This, this this just goes to a larger lesson in life that, that I teach my kids. And I was taught that when I was in pharmaceutical sales, one yeah. of the biggest things you learn early on, really in business and in life, if you don't know something, it's okay to say you don't know. Right. You know, say, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. But you know what? I, I, I know who does know. Yeah. And, and I'll and I'll uh, 
I'll find it out for you. Just like in business, right? I hate, I hate people whose first answer is no. You know, I mean, like, like I can't stand working with people like that. And and huge credit to Trey, by the way. Side note, I'm getting off on a tangent. Trey, Trey is the exact opposite of that. I love working with Trey because anytime that, that we're in a meeting and we're talking to Trey, it's never no. It's always, even if in his mind he might be thinking no, he's like, let's see if we can somehow make this work. I love that. Anyway, so we go, <laughs> so we go upstairs, right? And, uh, and, and we're talking to the lady and, and, uh, and we're like, hey, you know, it looks like a pretty cool place. And she's just not, not warm and friendly at all. And she said, uh, um, she said, she said, well, you can sit wherever you want. And uh, we're like, okay. And he said, you know, we're just kind of here to scope it out because we heard it's a great place for fireworks. There aren't any fireworks tonight. Um, okay. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's 4th of July. Um, we heard this is a good place. You know, it says online, there's no fireworks. They were last night. Keep in mind, this, this is the 4th of July. I hear you. He said in Milwaukee, apparently in Milwaukee, all the fireworks were shot off on Monday night. So that's pretty bizarre. I'm sorry, I'm looking around because seriously, I don't want to like piss anybody off because um, we're still here at the same hotel. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so we're like, okay, that's weird. Well, we just decide we're just going to scope out the area. So we start walking around Milwaukee and looking for a place for dinner. So we find a nice place for dinner and celebrate Fourth of July. The two of us just together, no pets, no kids, no problems with the house, you know, whatever. And uh, we start walking back from dinner, walking downtown Milwaukee. By the way, this has got to be the cleanest city that we've been to. I, I am shocked. Another whole side note. It, it, hashtag not Portland. Yeah. Oh. There you go. So, so we're walking back. And all of a sudden we start near the boom, 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 boom. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Like, like either we're getting bombed or there are fireworks in Milwaukee in the fourth after all. So, uh, so you know, we hear all the fireworks. We're, we're like, well you know let's go back to the hotel and see what the hell's going on so sure enough we walk upstairs right yeah. and, and uh we we walk up to the rooftop bar and we start looking around and no shit bernie not only are there's not that's correct there's not one fireworks show we count 11 fireworks <laughs> from all the suburbs and townships all across <laughs> milwaukee right like, it is the best place ever so then later right as the fireworks were going on the, the lady, the, the hostess lady, right? Mm -hmm. She shows up again and she walks over to our table and she's like, great view, right? And we're like, who are you? Like, <laughs> are you the same lady that we just saw at four o'clock who said there are no fireworks? And so I'm like, hey, turns out there are fireworks after all, right? And what? she's like, yeah, great view. And I'm like, yeah, why didn't you tell us that at four? Like we what almost missed on? the whole damn thing. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, what's up with the Rust Belt cities? What's up with the Rust Belt cities? Okay, because I, you know, you grow up and you hear about, you know, Midwestern politeness, for example. Oh, and growing up in the South, other than her, everyone's been great. I have not experienced that in the Midwest so far. Really, customer service has been minimal. Yeah, I and agree with never that. with a smile on your face. I mean, yeah. it has been horrid. Through yeah. Minneapolis, not so bad. Detroit was awful. Uh, I mean, what's going on? I mean, yeah. What is going on? I mean, like, don't put people in positions that they have to, you know, deal with the public if they can't deal with the public. I, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it, yeah. there's a reason why I don't handle certain things in the ACL because they know with my attitude, it's going to be a problem. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of a manager's job. I mean, it's it's weird. It's just been awful. Um, rust belt thumbs down yeah thumbs the, uh, down on the rust belt the patience that it has taken behind the scenes for everyone i've had a couple of conversations with cat 
And I think you and her are cut a little bit from the same mold that you are not going to suffer fools uh, at, at all. And uh, the, the fact that she has not killed somebody yet is yeah. probably pretty, it's... pretty amazing. But you're right. I mean, it, there's there's definitely been some challenges. So, all right. So that brings us into the show. So welcome okay. again into Borderline. Right. Borderline. And I know there were some topics that you wanted to talk about. So let before we get into Cornhole, let's yeah. talk about Detroit first. And your overall thoughts. I mean, I, I thought everything. I, I liked our hotel. I loved my room. Loved the facility. Just just a massive facility. Yeah. Right in the water. We could see Canada across the yeah. river, bay, whatever that was. I mean, it, it was beautiful. But apparently some big-time challenges uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, I didn't really have to deal with it. It wasn't really my issue. But just, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Maybe it just spoiled growing up in the southeast People are just nicer in general. And there's a fake nice to it. I'm fully aware of how fake the nice is. Okay. I, I grew up with it. I know how it works. People are going to be super nice to your face. And who knows what they're saying once you walk away. Right. But they're going to they're going to make you feel good in their presence. And I'm finding that is just <laughs> not the case anywhere else. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Detroit. I mean, what what did the lady say at the front desk for you when they made you park somewhere? I mean, like it was oh, just the parking was atrocious. Just every but she's like, like that's Saturday. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, downtown Detroit, Detroit, baby. Like what? What kind yeah, of answer is that? Let's set the scene. So at our hotel, which is right downtown <laughs> Detroit, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, which is pretty much everybody. Yeah. So so we're right downtown Detroit. It just so happens that you know it's a Saturday night in the big town. And Morgan Wallen's in town. Um, no, he was gone. Can't use that as an excuse. Well, he was right. not he there. Was. It was the he was not there that night. So that yeah. is not an excuse. Yeah, but it was in a casino. So the casino was was hopping, obviously. But, you know, whatever. The ACL is in town. So, I mean, that's a big event. Yeah, big deal. But anyway, so, yeah. So, after our event, we come back. You know, and we're, we're on late. I think we started at 9. So, we all start yeah. coming back to the hotel about 1130. There, I mean, it is gridlocked downtown. And and no, apparently no parking is available in our hotel anymore. You can't self-park. You can't valet. Um, Ryan, not, none of that is true, by the way, Jeff. I'm here to tell you everything you just said. Not true. Well, this is, yeah, this is what we're being told. So, yeah. so Ryan Jordan and Matt Morantz and I are all together in our car. We end up parking over by like the cop station, like four blocks away, pouring down rain. So we we walk and we are just drowned rats by the time we get back to the hotel. People are yelling. I mean, literally, there was a, there was a security officer. Yeah, I know you got into it. So there was a security officer <laughs> telling this lady in this truck. You got to back up. And she's like, no, sir, you need to back up. And he's like, no, no, you need to back up. She's like, no, you need to back. I'm like, this is like two eight year olds. Yeah, yeah. Grown people fight like literally there were fights over parking. It was it was a disaster. Yeah, you, you had you had you had. a little. Well, the problem was issue. there was a small, not even fender bender right in front of the where the valet park for the hotel was. Right. That's, so that's what started started the gridlock. The cops wouldn't just move it down the road. They were just yucking it up with these two women. And, and I walked by and I'd had enough and sitting in traffic for 30 minutes for no reason. And I was like, excuse my friends, like, y'all need to move this shit. And I just kind of walked right up to him and it's like, you can't talk to us that way. It's like, people tell me I do my job wrong every day. Guess what? You're doing it wrong. I love, that's a great point, actually. You know what? And so, like, told me to move on. So I walked on and then this other cop comes. And so what, what happens is the valet guys for the hotel, weren't doing their job. They're watching the commotion. So right. valet got backed up and was part of the problem. Once they cleared it, and it took about 15, 20 minutes for them to clear what they were supposed to be doing, then it was open again. But there was another cop that wouldn't open up the valet thing. 
So that's why none of people could get, no one could get in. It's I because this five foot five cop guy being Mr. And trust me, I know how short people are, starts being that guy. And I just, I was like, man, something's wrong with y'all. And I was just, I told him, I was like, something's wrong with y'all. You're doing this despite everyone. There's no reason to do it. Yeah, I'm going to throw you in jail. You know, then he starts threatening to throw me in jail, all that stuff. And so I walk away. Apparently, Stacy, like he took his license, threatened to throw him, like threatened to throw everybody in jail other than just, you know, do your job. Detroit, thumbs down. And then the front desk that was, that was could have cared at less. Yeah. Next day, I tried to say something politely <laughs> in my nice Iowa way. And uh, and she's like, hey, baby, that's Saturday in Detroit. It's exactly like, what? what she said to me. What, what's I'm like, going on? like every Saturday, like it's always that mess. Pretty much, yep. I'm like, okay, no, yeah. No and once again, or, or let once me again, Jeff, your valet. Charge. Yeah, th this is no Motel Six, you know, in, in the hood. I no, mean, this yeah. is a pretty nice place, and just man, it was Detroit. No. However, I did walk all around Detroit the next day, that Sunday. Yeah. So, did you end up on the People Mover or no? <laughs> the People Mover. I could not the so, for the, not so so the people mover is like a little light rail monorail system that just yeah. circles downtown Detroit. Right. I couldn't find it the first day exactly where it was, but I didn't really walk far enough because I just didn't feel like walking the Sunday. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go to the people mover. Yeah. It doesn't open until 10 on Sunday morning. And I'm there at like nine 30. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, by the time an Uber gets here, it's like a mile, mile and a half to the venue. Once you walk it all the way, I was like, I'm just going to walk. And so I walked through downtown Detroit. Pretty nice, actually. I, I felt, I felt, I mean, I, I really, I, I've, you know, we've all heard stories about Detroit. Right. Apparently um, they cleaned it up. I, I actually, our hotel was right by Greek Town. We walked downtown, Greek Town one night. I, I felt very safe. Yeah. There was good, good police presence. They had the, it was weird. They had this, I've, I've never, have you ever seen the, uh, the metal detectors and, and people scanners before? Did Where you see those? Uh -uh. They had those on the street corners at night. Like they bring them out after ten o'clock or something like that. They're huh. mobile. They're mobile scanners. Like constitutionally, I have no idea how that works. But right. I'm not going to lie to you. It makes you feel really safe because there's a ton of people, and it's almost like DUI checks. Like to get down certain heavy traffic areas, as far as heavy pedestrian traffic, you had to walk through these scanners. And there's no, unlike Portland, there's no you know drugs, you know, openly doing drugs on the streets. Um, yeah, I mean, there yeah. was heavy, pretty heavy police presence. So, but, but again, I mean, in our day and age now, I'll take it. Sure. The well, the after down there were great. The coffee after we left, bakeries, I, everything was I left you guys at MGM, right? We went over there to see what that was like. I yeah. walked back to the hotel. It's pretty long walk. Ended up being a little over two miles, but yeah, it's fine. It's no big deal. I mean, it was yeah. clean. People were having fun. It's Sunday afternoon. Every like there's lots of restaurants and bars. Everyone's having a good time. And it was, I mean, pretty nice, actually. A lot nicer than, like you said, a lot nicer than Portland. Yeah. So what's that tell you, Portland, when Detroit has got you on cleanliness, safety? <laughs> True. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great point. Time to step your game up a little bit. Great point. Okay, quickly, quickly, two more things. Yeah. This, this is turning into like a Meet Jeff and Bernie segment with all this stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did you have an issue with your flights? You, you were texting me something about a baby on the plane. Oh, just... Because that that nothing would that has not happened to me in a while. I thought it was going to the other day because there was right, a look, screaming baby I, waiting to get on the plane. But it I'm not a out. parent, so I really can't get into this the way I want to. But you know, if you've got a baby like inside of a year, maybe even eighteen months, what are you doing? What are you doing taking them on a plane? 
You have Seriously. to travel and see. You have to go see family. You got to take the baby. No, well, they can come see you. You've got the baby. Not if your parents are old. Oh, too bad. <laughs> too bad. You're right. You are not a parent. Too, well, no, I, I'm a human being that doesn't like ruining everybody else's time. <laughs> and, and basically, you bring a, 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 a nine-month-old on a plane, you've ruined 10 rows. You've ruined it. You've ruined yeah. your experience. You've ruined it. You've made it a horrific experience. But for those who are screaming the whole time, for those who who are parents, I will tell you that we look at that and it actually makes us miss those days sometimes. I know it sounds crazy, but it's crazy. But yeah, just just like our parents always say, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems at that age. I mean, looking back on it now, really, that was not that big of a deal. But but we always did a good job for you once again. God, this is so funny how parents can be so. I'm trying to think of the right word for you. There are other human beings around you that, that exist it. beyond I you get. and your baby. And I'm so telling you. When, I know, see, so, we, so we, always, we always try to do a good job. With, like We were always prepared with snacks, with bottles, with whatever it would take to try and keep them busy. Coloring. Yeah. I mean, we always try to. to well, I think it's the pressure, too. I think sometimes the pressure. It is. Yeah, with the babies, change. they can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they can't help it. That, exactly. Though. So don't put them in that situation is what I'm saying. Got to go see grandma. That's all, I, that's all I can say. I'm Whatever, man. I, I'm, sorry to, I'm well, sorry to ruin your trip. I, I was a child, Jeff. Believe it or not, I was a child once too that had grandparents. Yeah. And it wasn't screaming on planes. They had to come see me until I was like four or five and actually flew by myself, which was hard to believe in the 70s. They just, all right, see ya. Well, <laughs> see, okay. see ya, five year old. Just jump on that plane and go fly by yourself. As we trans, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember doing that too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, they could literally yeah. our parents could just walk us up to the plane. Yeah, yeah. And Here, tap us here's on a the stewardess. Hey, hey, keep yeah. an eye on that, will you? Yeah. Hey, just make sure he gets there, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, I used to fly out to Arizona, see my cousin. I was flying at a young age. So, yeah. all right, we ready? We ready to yeah. talk some cornhole? Let's do it. Um, oh, by the way, so speaking of you were you were talking earlier. Speaking of, uh, and I, I I love that point that you were talking when you were talking to the cops and you're like, Hey, I got people telling me that I'm not doing my job right all day. So if you're not doing something right, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I, I did. I did get a message from a guy um, that I want to go over a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do that in our, we'll do that in our segment later on. Okay. Um, yes. Telling, telling us that maybe we're not doing our job correctly. Interesting. Little, I've, little I've, I've heard it quite a bit. I, I would do it now, but we got a new segment that we're going to do this week. So it's going to be part of that. I got you. Part of that. So, all right. First things first. Mark Richards. Um, I don't know. Do you want to start on, on thoughts on Mark Richards? I, I mean, I know, I know you text me. You're like Mark Richards. Like we gotta, we gotta. Are, are you still? It's just. It's almost Richards? boring. I mean, it's. I'm passionate about it in the sense that he's so good and he's so methodical with in the way that he does things. I think some players try to overwhelm you with talent. Obviously, Mark to be what he is. I think he's the number one player in the world right now. I don't think anyone would question it. There are other players you would see that you say, you know what, there's more overall skill sets there. They have more overall game. They can do different things. Yep. But Mark is just so ruthlessly efficient. And it's and that's that's how he just takes people down. I mean, that yes. I think if there's a reason why he struggled in shootouts, it's because he can kind of let you get a lead. He can kind of let you show off for a little bit, but eventually he's just going to wear you down and he's just not going to make mistakes. And so when you're done doing your four or five rounds of magic and you come back to being normal, well, he just kind of takes advantage of you. And so yep. I, I think ruthlessly efficient is the way that I like to describe his game. I think that is absolutely perfect. I do. 
and um, that 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 has become his lane, and he is and he is one hundred percent out in the open about it. He is going to be mentally stronger, mentally tougher than every other player out there. It's like Trey and I were talking about this, you know, in that in that finals matchup. For those who watched the show who maybe didn't see it, Mark Richards won the singles championship in our fourth and final major national of the year. <laughs> and uh and and you know, Trey and I were talking about this and and he beat so Mark Richards beat Tony Smith. It not only was it for the national championship, but it was also to become the new number one player in the world. So Mark outlasts Tony is what happens. And uh, both of them high PPRs. I mean, both of them were shooting really well. But you know, we got done, and 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 Trey said brought up a good point. He said, you know, you can't sit here and tell me that 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 Mark is a better shot maker than Tony. He's not. He's he's not. But to your point, he's mentally tougher and mentally stronger. And if you want to get into a game that's 35, 40, 45, 50 rounds, and you're going to be throwing 300, 400 bags, he's going to beat you here. Yeah, he's, you're right. You're right. I mean, he's I'd like just to not going to melt because it's kind of fun. We disagree, but I don't yeah. disagree with you. And it's the thing is, and, and being so ruthlessly efficient, he's going to put you in situations that let's say you want to be the shot maker. All right. Well, you're going to have to make trick shot after trick shot after trick shot after trick shot to get points. Right. Yeah. Well, that works every now and then. But we start to look at the percentages of how many times can you hit these amazing shots? And it starts to drop. Everyone you hit lowers your percentage on the next one, essentially. Yeah. And so that's what he's kind of doing to He's like, hey, man, you got three of those, three or four of those shots. Those were miracles. Man. I don't even know how you did it. Way to get two points. Yeah. Right. And then he just kind of melts you for a while. And, right. then, you, and, then, you're, and, and then you're having to stay at such a high level. And it just, I, I don't like it's, I wish like Tony Smith to me is, kind of become my favorite player to watch because Tony can hit exciting anything. anything. Yep. Exciting right. to watch any shot you want to throw. He can hit it. Mark's just kind of, I mean, Mark's got an arsenal, but Mark's arsenal is efficiency and it's yeah. just, it's impressive. It really is. So I told you I was, I was up the other night. Couldn't sleep. Hashtag old man problems. You, mm-hmm. know, you wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, there's nothing worse than being a middle-aged man with kids waking up in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, two thirty, three o'clock, because then your mind just starts going crazy oh, yeah. and then you just can't go back to sleep. It's over. So, so I was trying to, to, to shift my mindset to something that was fun. So I started thinking about the show and things I want to talk about. And, um, I, I started think I started thinking about Mark Richards. I'm like, what, what are we watching here? Like, what, what, what are we seeing? And I started thinking Bernie and, and, and maybe you'll go with us. Maybe not. I think I think what we're watching between between um, Mark Richards and Tony Smith is Tom Brady versus Brett Favre. And now go with me on this. I, I get it. You know, the, the sport is so young. These guys are your young players. I'm not saying that they're going to be Tom Brady or they're going to be Brett Favre. But but Tom Brady, if you look back on his career, right, mm-hmm. he was efficient. Right. And he was he was pretty much good at everything. Right. But he yeah. was efficient. If you look at his touchdowns versus interceptions, right? I, I actually looked it up. 649 career touchdowns for Tom Brady versus 200 interceptions, right? Yeah. He's just steady Eddie. And, yeah. and think about all of his wide receivers that he liked, right? It was always the slot guy. It's always the tight end guy. It's always the relief out. You know, it's the running back out of the backfield. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah. Can he sling it downfield? Absolutely. He's going to take his shots down the field. But most of the time, it's just safe. It's safe, it's steady Eddie, and he wins seven Super Bowls. You get Brett Favre on the other hand, right? Brett Favre, 508 career touchdowns. 
know how many career interceptions he threw? 600 and something, isn't it? No, no, not, not that many. <laughs> almost, almost 350 career interceptions. I thought it was more, I thought it was more than that. Yeah, that's crazy. So Tom, Tom Brady had almost 150 less interceptions, and he played much longer than Brett Favre. But Brett was such an exciting, dynamic player to watch, right? Mm-hmm. But he always took chances. The problem was, at the end of the day, how many Super Bowls did Brett Favre win in 16 seasons? One. One. And I think he only got there twice, yep. right? So are we seeing maybe Tom Brady versus Brett Favre? Because I loved watching Brett Favre play. And Brett Favre, you know, he was dynamic. He was exciting. He thought he could make every throw, right? Mm-hmm. He thought he could make every single throw. He thought he could squeeze everything, you know, through, through, through a needle to his wide receivers. Turns out, can't do it, right? He's a gunslinger. And, and, it, and it cost him. It cost him championships. It cost him you know, wins overall because he has almost 350 interceptions. And I feel like I'm seeing that a little bit with Tony Smith. And again, please don't mistake one. I'm not saying that Tony Smith is going to be Brett Favre. Tony's only 21 years old. I'm saying right now, Tony thinks, just like Brett Favre, Tony thinks he can hit every shot. When sometimes, like the way the game ended, maybe sometimes just survive, right? And you and I talk about this on the live streams. Maybe don't. Maybe just take the foot off the gas for just a second. And just and just survive to the next play. Yeah, just, I, wait. Just just hit your tight end, hit your slot receiver, hit Edelman, hit Gronk, and let's just move on to the next play. I think I think a lot of what's happening, especially with Tony, because I think Tony's getting tired, and I and I think you know what what is what is that phrase? Uh, something makes fear, uh, makes cowards of us all, and I think like. I can't remember what that is, but like I, I think he simply gets tired. I think he runs out of gas, and this is what Mark does to people. So you have this long day, and then you have these long matches. This is all day. I don't think people realize this. When I'm talking ruthlessly efficient about Mark Richards, he's playing all day. It's not just the couple of hours you see him on TV. They've been playing for hours in yes. a tournament before that to get to that point. And I think sometimes, especially when it's same day like that, I think Tony's running out of gas. And so when he's running out of gas and his arms getting tired, because you're both doing this in singles and doubles, but you know, you're you yeah. running out of gas. And I think it's like, oh, you know what? I just want, if I hit this shot, I, maybe I can end this quicker. I just don't know if I want to go 40 rounds. And I think that's where Mark has an advantage is he's like, you know what? Whatever it takes. If I got to sit here and have my arm fall off, my arm falls off. I mean, I, I honestly think that. I mean, I like your analogy. I like your analogy. I, I think Mark Maybe Mark, maybe, I mean, going back to my analogy, maybe Mark, maybe the reason why he can, he can survive those long days a bit more is because he is hitting his tight end a little bit more. You know, he's not going, he's not going for the 50 yard bomb every time. You know, maybe he's, maybe he, maybe he's doing a better job at pacing himself throughout the day. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Tony throws a heavier bag. I mean, he's, he's gone to a slicker bag, slicker side. It's not as heavy as it used to be. And he's got a high spin rate. So he, you know, that, that requires more effort. To do that yeah. and you, you multiply that over an entire day that's that's a lot more effort but yeah. i just think mark has an ability and he's older you know if you most psychologists believe that the human brain doesn't fully form till 25 mark richards is 26 tony smith is 21 so maybe there's something about that just overall adult maturity that comes yeah. along maybe the, the ability to say, you know what, I'm here. I'm a, but, but I say that. And then the two longest matches of the weekend were between a 14 year old and a 17 year old. Yeah. So. Boy, we had some marathons, didn't we? I mean, incredible. I still can't believe what Caleb Batson did again, for those who watched the show, who didn't see it, Caleb Batson at one point 
hit 52 bags 72. in a row. 72. Well, hang on. Hit 52 in a row through a perfect game. And then his next game threw 20 more straight. Yeah, to make it to 72 straight. Yeah, and of course got all the way. Uh, got all, pretty pretty much got all the way to the I mean, think about it. He was in two 40-round games, right? Did, yeah. I know they had one 44-round game, he and, he and Jake Orr. Oh, was it 44 between those two? Uh, one of them. I think they had two of them because he came back and they had to double dip in another one. So you're talking just absolute marathons between two teenagers. And, it, and, they, and, and once again, we were just talking about with Mark, like the, the level of focus that you have to have to go 40 plus rounds in high tension. You know, this isn't backyard, right? This is playing for money, playing to get on national TV, yeah. high tension. And to have yeah. that kind of focus, I don't see how it's possible. I know. So I, I much, really don't. So much pressure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it's good that Tony's only 21 because he probably doesn't linger on the fact that he's lost, you know, the singles and doubles final now and back to back nationals. I mean, they're kids. I, don't, I mean, I don't even I think know. think he's aware of it. I mean, it's probably a bigger storyline for us than it is for. I for think them. he's pretty aware of it. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I think, I think deep down, Tony's confident enough. I think Tony thinks he's probably the most talented player. And he might be right. He still thinks he's playing good. I mean, I talked to him. He's like, hey. He is playing well. He he told me. I mean, the first thing he said to me is, I feel good. So he knows. I mean, like you said, he he knows he's playing well. Yeah. All right. We ready to get to our new segment? I'm afraid if we don't start doing this, we still have to get to our power rankings as well. Let's let's go. Um, All right. So brand new segment that we are introducing today on episode. I got got my pages. I got got all my stuff here. 82. Um, all right. So we've been talking about doing this. Like, like you and I, you and I listen to, uh, Colin Cowherd. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's one of those sports talk radio guys that we listen to. And, and one of his favorite segments that I do is where Colin was right. And where Colin was wrong. It's just, it's just great because again, we've talked about this as a sports talk radio host, as a podcast host, as a commentator, you know what? Sometimes we nail it and many times we don't. So we've been, <laughs> we've been trying to think of like a fun segment to do. So yeah. in the spirit of cornhole, um, again, when I couldn't sleep the other night, um, you know, we came up with this idea of on the board, off the board, and in the hole. All right, so we can do that. We can do this once a month. We can do it each week. We can do it. I mean, Colin does his once a week. I know there's yeah. a lot of other sports talk radio show guys who do. Sorry, there's a there's a it's it's a little tiny fly that's fought, that's that's like swirling around my computer every it. once in a while it comes right up to the to the <laughs> we camera so it makes it looks like it look like yeah. it's a pterodactyl. Trust me, it's like a little gnat. I haven't um, seen it yet, but I, I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see anything. But anyway, so so three <laughs> things, three things, right? On the board, off the board, and in the hole. So on the board is going to be something that, you know what, looks like maybe we were right on or maybe we're trending to be right on, right? Mm-hmm. Off the board, something that we just totally missed. It's just something totally wrong, and I've, and I've got one. I have several, actually. Um, and then uh, and then in the hole, something just dead right, just, just dead right on so far. So, so on the board, off the board, or in the hole, maybe we call it on, off, and in, whatever. We'll figure it out as we go along. But all right, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I do want to go first. Do it. Actually. All right. So I'm going to start with on the board because okay. my off the board and in the hole are opposite sides of the same coin. <laughs> okay. That was going to be fun. On the board, I had Ryan Wiedenfeld beating Alan Rawls in the second round of last week's tournament in their bracket. And okay. I, but I, but I had him going. I had him winning that side and getting to the king seat match. He almost got there, but didn't quite get there. So that's more of an on the board. So called that one, but I'm not going to go in the hole because it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Off the board, 
on the board deals with the transcendency of player that we've talked about. Okay. So we do an off the board first? Off the board is that I will allow, looking back on it, because I made the Tiger Woods analogy was my biggest analogy. There was professional golf before Tiger Woods, professional golf after Tiger Woods. The bottom third of professional golfers on the PGA Tour had second jobs to earn money before Tiger Woods. They were not clearing all their bills. That's where sure. it was in 1995, 1996. 1997, the year after, you make the tour, you're a seven-figure earner. You're making generational money. And, and, th and things changed because of one player and the amount that came in. I, we don't have that yet. But it's not fair because everyone said, ah, we don't know Jake Gore's 14. What about, and you know, and I was like, yeah, but he's not that yet. But that's true. He's not that yet. But maybe at 18, 19, 20, he, and, I, and I'll, I'll admit that, you know, maybe if he stays on this type of trajectory and, you know, finds it in himself to become this amazingly vibrant human being that just splashes off a camera, maybe it's a possibility, right? I mean, who knows what someone, I mean, at 14, I was so different at 18, 19 than I was at 14, right? So oh who knows? God. Yeah. You know, so maybe he does or someone of that age bracket does become that person. So I will admit yeah. that that's a possibility. However, it's not there yet. And I've been blasted again on this and people just don't understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying there aren't amazingly talented players. And if I use the golf analogy, we don't, we've got lots of Rory McElroy's. We've got lots of Dustin Johnson's. We've got lots of players like that. We don't have a Tiger Woods present. Scotty Scheffler is, is, a, is a terrific golfer, but he's not Tiger Woods. Perfect example. If yeah. these people really want to know what I'm talking about, that person Trey Ryder and Stacey Moore's emails would be blowing up from tier one advertisers wanting to spend money with us. That's not happening. It's not. Okay. That will happen when that transcendent player comes along. Every other player in the pro division will benefit from that money. And then you'll have a true pro division where people can quit their other jobs and they'll have this as their only job. Yeah. Obviously ask anybody that's not happening. So for people to sit there and argue that point with me, is mind-blowingly i don't want to use like words like stupid and it's just you're not being logical you're letting your personal belief and thought on someone override what the actual argument is and like i said i'm willing to go back and say you know what some of these teenagers the 13 14 year olds maybe maybe by the time they're 18 19 20 21 they develop into that it's quite possible if i'm really being honest with myself but it is not a debate that that person doesn't exist right now on tour as we do, as we speak. They so might turn true, into that. That you're in the hole and you're sticking with it. That's what I like it. I like. I, I mean, I, it's not debatable. It, I, it's I, just I, simply not debatable. Now, will they turn into it? That is debatable. Yep. But but being we, that yep. right now, it's not debatable. So it's in the yep. hole. And, we, and I'm all. And but same same argument. I'm off the board on the other side. They could be at twenty. This you know huge star that changes everything for everybody. So, so I'm willing yeah, to give that. You could have you could have missed on it, but yeah. yeah. But, but but yeah, as far as far as that person being here right now, it goes back to what we talked about last month. Is that person out there right now? Could be. Could be, yeah. but they're not could there they're be not that person? yet. Maybe. But are they there yet? No, no, because you're right. Nike would be running after this person and then coming to Stacy saying, Hey, we're taking this kid. Yeah. We're Look, taking this guy and we're Tiger Woods got forty million nineteen ninety six dollars from Nike before he ever hit a ball in a pro tournament. Changed his clubs because of Nike. Nike yeah. wasn't even Nike didn't yeah. even make clubs. Yeah, right. Every, they they did everything to get. Look, it just there's different people that yeah. transcend the sport. 
I'm not, it doesn't mean I don't think they're amazing, if not some of the best in the world. That's not what I'm saying. And people yeah. just have this narrative about what we say, and they can't really listen to what we're saying. So, All right. Well, that's, that is a perfect transition. So let, let me get back to um, what we were talking about earlier. So I, I did get an email, not an email, but a Facebook message. And I'll, I will leave his name out of this. But, but he says to me, again, going back to what you were talking about, you know, people tell us we're not doing our jobs right. You know, maybe this is a good point. So I'm just, I'm just going to, by the way, this just goes to show you, again, anything that we talk about on the show, I, I, I tell Trey about, right? I tell Stacy about. So we are wide open on the show. Sure. And I want everyone to know if you like something that we say, tell us. If you don't like it, yeah, you're, you're, you're free to disagree. We, we like that and we, we do that all the time. So this guy disagrees. He says, and this is at me, not at you. Respectfully, and I'm, I'm assuming this goes back to the broadcast. He's probably watching the broadcast. Respectfully, Stop trying to always compare cornhole to other mainstream sports. <laughs> we are our own thing, exclamation point. Alex Hicks is not like Tiger Woods as a kid. He is Alex Hicks, a bag-throwing bag thrown kid phenom, period. Okay, so let me respond to that. Um, Please. I, 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 may, I may partially agree with this, and that's going to get me to my segment on Offer In. <laughs> um the first part of this, and I don't know if I don't know if, if this is two separate thoughts or if this is one thought together. But when he says stop trying to always compare cornhole to other mainstream sports, never going to do it. Yep. In, in my career, as long as I'm hired by the ACL, I will yep. always draw comparisons because any time that we can make this sport relatable to the yep. common sports fan, it grows the sport. Not just about cornhole, people. Fine, but you're wrong. I'm sorry. Yep. We we need to do that. This, this these broadcasts, you know, our our show. Our broadcasts are not necessarily directed, you know, to the to the 256 ACL pros that are, that are there. You know, we we direct we direct these shows maybe 60 40, um, you know, le leaning towards the non uh, cornhole pros. We want the average sports fan yes. to get involved. So anything we can do, whether we talk baseball, whether we talk NCAA tournament, whether we talk Tom Brady, Brett Favre, any comparison and mm -hmm. similarity we can make to another major sport. You're damn right we're going to do it Absolutely. because that's, that's going to make someone all of a sudden sit up in their chair and say, wait a second. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. So, but again, I, I don't know if that's what he meant. I can't tell if there's two thoughts, but going back to his thought about Alex Hicks, you know, basically saying leave Alex Hicks alone. He's not Tiger Woods. He's Alex Hicks. Let me get to my on, <laughs> off and in. All right. So my, and I got to be careful with this here, Bernie. And uh, geez, this, is, this is one of those shows. Seriously, we can go two hours. I'm gonna have to be quick. So my on the board is uh, is Jake Gore and Alex Six. You know, and and I I told you this, and this is just a little, little behind the scenes for you. You know, going into our TV production um, meeting, you know that we have we have we have a we have a we have a production meeting two hours before every broadcast. You know, we talk about storylines, headlines, what do we want to focus on, and and you know, obviously when Alex Six made the broadcast in Detroit for the national. Even though it was, you know, it was it wasn't singles, it was doubles with Ryan Windsor. That was going to be our storyline, right? We 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 wanted to go with, you know, the future has arrived. Tiger Woods is here. The the Williams sisters are here. Right. Uh, LeBron James is here, right? I mean that that was the narrative. I did I did offer a dissenting opinion because because it, it just felt like you know I, I'm like I'm listening to all this and I agree and it's exciting. We're trying to get viewers and I get it, but I'm like wait a second. I'm like you know it is. Is and we've talked about this before, you know. Is Alex is is he that? Is he really that? Like, and, and so I I just happen to say to Trey, I'm like, you know, I mean, I, you know, are are we missing the boat here? Because isn't isn't Jake really kind of a better player right now? 
isn't he a better better player? I mean, rankings wise, and again, two terrific kids. Please don't, please don't, yeah, you know, get get mad at me for this. I mean, I've talked to both. I, I feel like I know Jake better than I know Alex, but I got to know Alex really well this weekend. Had a couple great conversations with him. Two great kids, probably great families. Um, but you know, I I, I I was wondering if we were doing a disservice by by promoting Alex that big when Jake is really the guy right now. You know, of, that of, age, two, of that age of, bracket. Yeah. yeah. You know, so anyway, so I'm, I'm going to go on the board because I've been on Jake now since, what, the beginning of the season? Yeah. And, and, and the way that he's playing, he is mentally tough. He is mentally strong. He yep. is disciplined. I mean, he is a badass on the boards, and he's only, what, 14 years old? 14. I mean, he's, he's just there. So I'm going I'm to go my on the board right now, Jake Gore versus, versus Alex Hicks. Okay. My off the board, and, and Eddie Grindersleeve, I'm sorry. You are my off the board. I, I, I have totally missed the vote on Eddie Grindersleeve. Never put him in my top 10. I, I don't think I've ever even spoken his name on the show. Um, we've, we've never brought him on as a guest. Um, I, I guess I guess, I guess maybe I kind of fell into the trap that he's just such a nice guy and he's so quiet. You know, he doesn't say much. He just plays. Um, he's killing it. And I've never, ever once mentioned his name. I, I wouldn't have picked him. I wouldn't have picked him to win. I wouldn't pick him in my top 10. And he is just out there just slinging it now on the singles and double side. So my off the board is definitely is definitely Eddie Grindersleeve. And now for the sake of time, uh, in the hole, I, I'm not going away with this. Offense dominates. Offense is what people want to watch. Offense is what creates money. Offense creates viewership. Offense drives sports. I will argue with this with anyone anytime on this, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, people love offense and and the players are delivering, Bernie. You know, the, the, I was so afraid, as everyone knows, you know, that that this was going to be, you know, a blocker and then another block and then one off the rails and then another one off the back, you know, and we're washing it out at fours. We're washing out at sixes. We're washing out at fives. No one wants to watch that. It's terrible. It's terrible to watch. And we're not getting that. We are getting high-level cornhole, high-level scoring. At the end of the day, the object is to put the damn bag in the hole. And that's what these guys are doing. They're hitting their airmails. They're hitting their roll bags. You know, they're hitting their slide shots and their cut bags. It is incredible what they're doing. The PPRs are through the roof. Mark and Tony Smith put on a show. Um, I had the, the stats pulled up earlier, and, and I, I closed out that window, unfortunately. But, you know, Mark, Mark threw like 120-something bags, right? And like two were off. And, and Tony Smith, same thing, threw, threw 120-something bags, and I think maybe four or five were off. Not, not, only, not only are they not off, they're in. And, and they are putting on a show. And like I said from the beginning of the season, what did I want to see? I wanted to see greatness, and mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing. We are seeing greatness. We're seeing offense, and it is amazing to watch. I get it with the defensive game. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's not going to drive revenue. It's not going to drive ratings. Offense wins in sports, and that's what we're seeing this year. That's my in the hole. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a great. It's a great point. Like, I think people. Back to your first point. I think the cornhole community gets remarkably myopic about the game. They don't understand that if you want it to grow bigger, if you want to have everyone make more money, if you want it to be bigger, 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 where tons of people can benefit from its exposure, you've got to get out of your little backyard mentality. You have to. You have to. Yeah, you got to look and, at the larger picture. And you have to start looking at the larger picture and you have to start seeing things for what, I mean, yeah, it's, 
Greatness sells. Greatness is what people want to see, and greatness wins. It's not just about how you and your two friends that have played cornhole for 10 years, what y'all think. It's not. If you want the game to grow. Now, if you wanted to go back and just be silly little fun time and you play for, you know, this or that, maybe a shirt or something, if you want it to be that, then that's pretty simple. It can happen. <laughs> you know, it's easier for that to happen than yeah. to go out and bring the rest of the world in, which is what we're trying to do. And it's that's why we have to go outside the thinking of, yep. you know, to Again, a cornhole player. Goes back to when you tune when you tune in to a professional sport, you want to see something that you can't do in your backyard. And that's what we're seeing. We're now seeing guys throw the bag from 30 feet away. And yes, I'm, I'm starting to say 30 feet. I'm not doing this 27 feet thing anymore. You know what? Maybe I'm going to start my own company. 30 feet <laughs> from the line, from the line to the hole on the other end. It's 30 feet. Yeah. So, you know, we're starting to see incredible shots from 30 10 feet yards, away, baby. Which, which is, which is longer than the three point line in the NBA. All right. We got, we got to go ready. Power yeah. rankings. We got like five minutes left for our power rankings. You want to go first again? All right. I'll go 10. This was tough. 10, I, I kept him in only because of the first three nationals of the year. I felt it would be unfair to him to take him out. Alan Rawls, 10. Oh, uh, Alan. I, I felt it, I felt like there taking him out, but, I mean, he, he deserves it for what he did for the first three quarters of the season. Okay. Devin Harbaugh, number nine. Pretty pretty big slip, but I, I, I there are some holes there. Still one of the world's best players, but there's there's some holes there. Number eight, number eight, which is my special, my special number I bring in people. Kyle Malone, welcome back. Kyle Malone had a great weekend. It was good to see. So I'm throwing him in at number eight. Justin Burton Jr. at seven. Fisher Hamilton at six. Alex Rawls at five. Okay. Caleb, Caleb Batson is just that guy right now. And we know who the top Tony Smith, Mark Richards, two and one. That so wait a second. No, no, all right. So no Jake Gore for you. Well, he is in this one. God darn it. See, <laughs> I, I did like nine lists. I've got him in one. It was this. This was a tough one, man. Well, it was hard. I, I, I had, I had a couple different. Uh, you know what? I he's got to be in there. Also. You know what? He has to be in there. So, Alan, as much as I wanted to keep you in because of the beginning of the season, you're out. Love you to death, but Jake has to be in there. You're right. Jake has to be in there. He's just too good. You don't have to change this because I, I. No, it's not. I mean, I, he has to be in there. He simply has to be in there. So. Yeah, I had, I had to knock. I didn't knock Alan. Um, actually, I'm not sure I had him in mind a couple weeks ago. But uh, I don't have him in there again, uh, and, and and it's so funny because I hear I hear Trey and Anthony and Mish talk about the same thing, you know we we don't we don't understand how he's doing it. It's just such a it's just such a cra crazy anomaly right now in the sport. You know yeah. normally if it was someone like this doing it, you know would we rank him higher? Maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is about Allen. Yeah. But uh, all right, here we go. Number ten. Uh, th this might be a little controversial. Uh, but I still feel like, like when I make my list, right? I I don't just look at I don't just look at um, you know, rankings. The, the the rankings. Yeah, right. I, I think in my mind, can this guy or girl can they still win at a high level, right? I mean, it's power. We're talking about power. We're talking about wins. We're talking about championships. That being said, number ten, Jamie Graham. I get it. Had a terrible weekend. Well, I mean, he lost to Vincent Frisch, then won five and then lost again. Uh, uh, first round loss to Vincent Frisch is nothing to nothing to seize at. Anyway, so number ten, Jamie Graham. Number nine, Devin Harbaugh. I felt like I had to keep him in there, uh, yeah. in the top ten. Obviously, he's had a great season. So number nine, Devin Harbaugh, but he's just not winning still. Number eight, I'm the same with you, Kyle Malone. Um, won a tough bracket. Had we had to put him back in the top ten, he's back for sure. Number seven, Alex Rawls. Um, Alex actually played really well. Just could not get past Kyle Malone, who was red hot. 
Number six, I've got I've got Jake Gore. I had to move him up a little bit. I almost wanted to put him in my top five. Yeah, uh, I, I mean he he won his bracket. I get it. Was it you know maybe it wasn't the toughest bracket single side. I don't know that that's debatable. I heard some people saying that won his bracket and beat Caleb twice by the way. Right. So in marathons. So, yeah. Yeah. So so Jake, I've I've got him at number six, and then my my top five. Number five, Fisher Hamilton. I get it. Didn't have a great weekend. Um, it, it's still there. Ca- cautionary tale for Fisher Hamilton. When you lose, when you lose. <laughs> And you get in that loser bracket. Sometimes you're going to run into somebody who's also lost. And it's—I mean, he yeah. just happened to run into Devin Harbaugh. You know, Brutal. so Fisher, Fisher has a bad, bad loss. Drops in the loser bracket, plays Devin Harbaugh, and all of a sudden there were a lot of upsets this past weekend. It was interesting. There were yeah. a lot of upsets in singles. That—that that was a tough. Fisher, Fisher did that to himself. I still think he's a great player, top five. Number four, Justin Burton Jr. Number three, Caleb Batson. Number two, Tony Smith. Number one, Mark Richards. All right, those are our power rankings. Way to go. Whew. We got we made it. it, man. I can't believe. All right, so I've got. I did four of these lists, and Jake's in three of the four. I don't know why I took him out on that one. Hey, you got it. You got it corrected. Yeah, All right, dude. Um, hey, what 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 a weekend in Detroit. Loved hanging out with you, and um, you're right. Long days, but it was worth it. I, I thought it was just a terrific, terrific tournament. Some yeah, nationals are fun. I love nationals. I do too. So much fun. So now back to the shootouts here in Milwaukee, and then Canton, and then uh, man, I can't wait for the World Championships and. Uh, in Rock Hill. In I'll give you a shout. I'll give you a shout when I get in. All right, dude. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. All right, buddy. All right, bud. Thanks, everybody, for watching. See you later.